All right, guys, welcome back to Bailey's Bleacher. Today, we're going to talk about the NFL wildcard games, and today we have a very special guest. So today I'm here with Kylie Montigny from the NEPA Story podcast. So Kylie, welcome to Bailey's Bleacher. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited. It's been honestly a hot minute since I talked sports to anyone, so I'm super <laughs> excited to uh, chat with you. Perfect. Well, I'm excited to have you on. Um, so usually I just start going right into my show and please excuse my voice. I'm still sick, um, but let's talk about you for a second. So when did your love for sports start? Yeah. So I honestly loved sports since I was a little kid. I grew up, I, I grew up playing sports, baseball, basketball, swimming for a hot minute, you know, I didn't <laughs> last very long, but my whole personality growing up was baseball. I come from a very small town here, of course, in Pennsylvania, as you know, and you well, a very small town Pennsylvanians down here in, in NEPA. And um, so basically my family is big sports fans. So of course I obviously had to be a sports fan. That's all right. you know what everyone knew. And so obviously with growing up with playing sports, of course, my brother, he plays baseball. So does his day at 17 years old. And so of course I spent all my time out of baseball field. So it was honestly right. what I did my like on my free time as a baseball field besides <laughs> school and so but the, like the reason that i like kind of got me to sports was obviously coming from a sports family i watch everything football basketball baseball um hockey um anything i'm, I'm right. a person that loves to watch any sport of any kind you know there's nothing specific <laughs> i hate about sports but it wasn't until about I think 2017, in I was at a Phillies game. My family's big uh, Phillies fans, of course, and right. And so basically, we went to um, a Dodgers Phillies game, and when oh, cool. it was Chase Utley's final homestand before he retired, and of course, my family, my mom ended up getting tickets from her work, so we ended up going to the game. And I'm not like back then. I was never like a baseball watcher. I, of course, I'll watch right. it when my parents are watching it. I would just sit there and watch, but I would never be like, okay, I need to just turn this game on at so-and-so time. You know what I mean? Right. And so I would just watch it just to watch it. And so when I went to that game, of course, my family, especially my brother, loves Chase Ellie since he's named after him. Since, of course, my family's diehard Phillies fans. And so, of course, when I went to that game, I don't know what hit me, but I immediately became a Chase Utley fanatic after that <laughs> in that game was a game where it went to 18 innings and it was done around I think like two o'clock in the morning 1 30 oh morning. wow so it was it was a pretty late <laughs> game we still stayed up the whole game you know we didn't leave oh, and at least ended up walking off thank you thank you god they did but <laughs> yeah so like after that game um like something kind of clicked and i uh, became a chase Elliott fanatic watch every game i had to be on my certain time to watch the game to see chase <laughs> play. but he wasn't a full-time player he's not like one to wait at that point in his career he wasn't a big player that has an everyday role and right. so I, I need to go home because if I miss Chase Utley, I'm going to lose my mind. And so, you know, ever since then, since my Chase Utley obsession started back in 2017, obviously he's retired now. He's, like, he's, right. he's on the Hall of Fame ballot, which I hope he gets. And <laughs> since ever since then, 
I became a diehard kind of oh, I, like baseball fan. I'm a Dodger fan now. Was a Chase Utley. Of course, I'm still a Philly fan. No, right, like, always. No hating to Phillies fans. <laughs> Don't, no hate for them, but I'm a, now a Dodger fan because of Chase Utley. Still am to this day. And yeah, it really was because of Chase Utley that really kind of got me into like, a little bit of sports, especially baseball. No, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I played um, sports my whole life with my siblings. I have an older brother, younger sister. Played sports forever. Kind of was born into liking the Steelers and the Phillies mm -hmm. and the Flyers. So everything's like Philly, except for like football, then it's Steelers. I don't know why. You'll have to ask my dad sometime. But <laughs> so yeah, me too. So grew up around sports, playing sports. And then um, when I got to college, I played sports. Um, and then my senior year, I didn't get to play. Um, because I had some health stuff going on. And so then I was kind of able to get more into like talking about sports and I did all throughout college, but like that's when like the passion for it kind of came out. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool. So both of us are qualified to talk about sports, right? <laughs> yeah, but obviously, of course, we're from being Pennsylvania, you have to be a, like a Philly or a Pittsburgh sports fan. Right. But for me, I'm only a Philly <laughs> fan. All of the rest of the teams I like are out of state or in the West Coast. I Oh, I'm okay, yeah. So like with this like for example, of course I like of course Penn State as well. I'm a Penn State fan too. But all the teams I like are the West Coast, like the Lakers, Seahawks, um, Dodgers, like all the teams right. I like are the West Coast besides the Phillies and Penn State. So <laughs> don't like because a lot of people ask me why are you a like a West Coast person like sports. I'm like I never thought of that, but I don't think I ever will. Right, it's just kind of there. Just leave yeah. it there. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So then let's get into the wild card games because that's what we're here to talk about mm -hmm. um so they were wild for sure i don't know if you were able to catch any of them or see any highlights or anything so there were two games on the 13th between the browns and the texans and then the chiefs and the dolphins so in the texans game they won 45 to 14 and they had rookie quarterback out of ohio state cj mm -hmm. stroud he had an incredible playoff game debut um mm -hmm. he threw for 247 yards and three touchdowns so yeah rookie season that's very impressive right yeah like better than most of the college players in the first playoff games i've seen to be honest with you yeah he didn't choke nothing like he just played really well so that was cool um so then the texans had a 24 to 14 lead going into halftime and then in the second half stephen nelson and christian harris returned two touchdowns off of interceptions so that was nice for them um and they were both like pretty long returns um and then that put them up 38 to 14. i know and that kind of reminds me of like the washington and um texas game the championship game a little bit reminds me of yeah of so it was kind of like happening all over again right yeah it was flashbacks of like maybe like a two-week span yeah, and then Devin Singletray, he ended the scoring for the Texans with a 19-yard touchdown run into the end zone. So, like, do you have any other thoughts on the game then? Like, what did you think? Like, honestly, thought that was a crazy game. Like, of course, a lot of things, of course, went on. Like, of course, you know, what a playoff games, it's always so exciting to see who's going to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but of course, it's yeah. very different from previous years. Of course, this is the first like playoff game in a while since like this is first season well playoff season that is not with Peyton Manning or Tom Brady which is crazy right but to have you know that game and so many things like happening like fumbles touchdowns like this uh, kind of like a mid high scoring low scoring yeah. game 
it was very kind of interesting to see. I was watching the highlights. I'm like, what is happening? I was confused. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is going on? But it really kind of gives me the hope of who is actually going to make this Super Bowl and who's going to win. Because, of course, there's so many options like the Chiefs, the Lions. Of course, it's a first time they won a playoff game since, I think, 30 years I read something about. Yeah. Oh, this is honestly very exciting. Of course, with the Lions, see where they're going this week. But yeah, it was honestly just a very, you know, crazy game to see and very trying to keep track of what's going on. Right. I kept getting little notifications on my phone, like the ESPN app. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? I um, know. But yeah, it was nuts. Uh, so then with the Chiefs and Dolphins game, I have a lot of thoughts on that one. I'm sure you yeah. probably do, too. Um, so the Dolphins, they play in Miami. And it's hot. We know that. Um, And then the Chiefs are just so used to these cold winters, right? Mm -hmm. But this game in general was insanely cold. Um, It was literally a record low temperature of negative four degrees at Arrowhead Mm -hmm. Stadium. And I just don't really think they should have played that game in general. Um, Yeah, like whether you're used to the cold or not. Because in my brain, like when I was playing softball in college or high school, whatever, it was like, to me, what I thought of was when you swing a softball bat in the cold, how bad it stings your hands and then you go to a contact yeah then you go to a contact sport and you're hitting each other's bodies like I just can't like that just sounds painful to me Mm -hmm. and then you try to catch a ball and when you can't feel your hands like no 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 thank you and then you know I just I just really think that the cold weather affected the Dolphins playing abilities I mean literally even Patrick Mahomes helmet cracked and then Andy Reid's mustache was frozen yeah, so. I did see that. That was so weird. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, I was so confused on why they played in that weather. Like, I'm like, how are they not freezing or get frostbites? I know I read something that a lot of fans were hospitalized due to frostbite and stuff like that. Oh, really? I didn't even see that. Ugh. Yeah, there were yeah. a couple of fans that w- went to the hospital after that game with, with frostbite. And like with things, I'm like, why on earth did people go to that game or even yeah. play in general is the question. Exactly. And so there's like there's like that little controversy over that, like, should they have played? Would it affected the outcome of the game? Yeah, it definitely did. It kind of reminds me of like the Buffalo game with them canceling because of the amount of snow they got. I like I was mm-hmm. listening to it on the radio on the way to go somewhere and there and every time they score a touchdown, Bills fans are throwing the snow on the field. I'm just like what yeah. is happening? Like, why? I understand that it was everything. I don't care about the Bulls, those games. That was fine. Everything was fine. <laughs> but, like, the Dolphins game is a question that kind of keeps bugging in my brain right now. Right. Because it's not to say, like, oh, if the weather was perfect out, like, that the Dolphins would have won. But it definitely affects their playing abilities for sure. Yeah, definitely did. Like, what ha- I know for me, if I was in a freezing weather like that, I'd be like, I'm not playing this game. I'm going to do like, I'm right. going to do horrible. Like, I don't and know like, how they do it. Yeah, and they make enough money, they could probably do without it. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And of course, I Taylor Swift was at that game as well. Yep. So, of course, whenever she's at a game, uh, the Chiefs are always going to play well in front of her, right? Right. Yeah, I actually saw in the ESPN write-up that they had, it literally mentioned like, oh, Taylor Swift was there, but she wasn't as cold as everyone else because she was in a box. And I'm like, of course they had to throw that in there. I know, <laughs> right? Of course, like every time like Taylor Swift is at a game, they always had to make her the biggest star on a thing. And right. 
And literally, when I was watching the Emmys a few days back, they literally poked her about not being shown on the Emmys or cameras around as much at football games as the Camera to Emmys. I'm like, at least I saw that. Yeah. At least someone said it. <laughs> I was thinking it, but. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking it too. I'm like, thank right. you so much for saying that. I, mean, I would never have to guess. No, right? So anyway, that game, the Chiefs won 26 to seven, right? Um, and the Dolphins only touchdown was a 53 yard touchdown pass from Tua to Tyreek Hill in the second quarter. Um, and then the scoring for the Chiefs included an 11-yard pass from Mahomes to uh, Rasheed Rice, and then four field goals actually by Harrison Butker, and then a three-yard run from Isaiah Pacheo. So a lot of action there for the uh, kicker, Harris Butker. So. Oh, yeah. It seems like it for a little cold game, though. But, you know, yeah, I'm... Course, I usually have to quick as easy job on the field. So, you know. Right. So... <laughs> So, I mean, that was a good game. Um, I think the Chiefs were going to win that regardless. But, yeah. again, like, we never know. So, the Colts yeah. could have changed it. Who knows? Yeah, honestly, that's the same thing. Of course, with the Dolphins, they're, like, of course, with the Chiefs, they have good defense, a good quarterback, good offense. Yep. But with the Dolphins, like, they haven't made the playoffs in a long time or even, like, played as good as the Chiefs. Of course, with Tua, he's still up and coming. He's still new. So, of course, with the Dolphins, they're not as good with the offense and defense as compared to the Chiefs. So, it wasn't mm -hmm. as surprising that the Chiefs won when I was watching the game. Of course, because, of course, they have Travis Kelsey. So they have a bunch of good players that, like, you kind of knew it was kind of going to be a blowout with the Dolphins with their defense and not being home. Right, exactly. Um, so then the next games, on the 14th, the Packers played the Cowboys and the Rams faced the Lions. So the Packers beat the Cowboys 48 to 32, which was a shock to fans, not necessarily that the Cowboys lost, but how badly they lost. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah. And so Aaron Jones led the Packers with three rushing touchdowns. Um, quarterback Jordan Love threw three touchdowns in his first postseason debut as well. And then Darnell Savage had a 64-yard interception return for a touchdown. So, again, really good offense by the Packers. Mm -hmm. And then the flop, <laughs> there was definitely a flop for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. yeah, he had two interceptions. So that's off the bat, not good, right? Mm -hmm. um, but he only completed 41 of his 60 passes. And I feel like 60 is a pretty high number anyway regardless but to only complete 41 of those is pretty like un not unheard of but like for him i feel like not great stat right yeah um yeah and you know you have to give the cowboys some props because they did come back from 27 to 0 but it was too late mm -hmm, wrong like they of course with the cowboys they didn't come back enough to actually win the game it would be different if it was like the first or second quarter but came, like they came at the wrong moment third or fourth quarter and of course, once, you know, they start scoring, you're like, okay, the Cowboys are going to lose. Like, yeah, I can already tell you this now. Dak Prescott <laughs> is getting killed. Like, you yep. can just see it early on in the first quarter. Right. So, it definitely was interesting in the fact that, like, you know, the score was higher than everyone had thought, but not interesting that they lost so yeah it was it was not surprising after watching about 15 minutes at first of the beginning of the game i was like uh this is not interesting to me for some reason i've turned this off right. I, I kind of do not like the cowboys so i'm like that was part of the reason so i'm like i'm just not wasting my time 
Yeah, no, I agree. I literally turned it on for like maybe five, ten minutes and I was already over it. I'm like, I'm not watching this. There's no point. We already know how it's going to turn out. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, is it, is it actually the same ritual the Cowboys going, like getting killed? Because of course they're going to do good this <laughs> season, go to the playoffs and lose the first game or get killed. That's like the right. same <laughs> year. You said it was a ritual. That's so good. <laughs> it's it's so, the same ritual every single year. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just, everyone's used to it by now. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so then the Lions game was exciting for Detroit fans. Um, like you said earlier, it was their first playoff win in 32 years. Mm -hmm. So big deal, right? Um, the Lions beat the Rams 24 to 23. So super close game. Um, so quarterback Jared Goff ended the game with one touchdown pass and went 22 for 27 passing, which is very accurate, right? Yeah. So then David Montgomery, he opened up the scoring with a one-yard run into the end zone for the Lions. And then Jamar Gibbs added a 10-yard run for the Lions um, later on in the game. So then Sam Laporta caught a two-yard pass for a touchdown. And then Michael Bagley hit a 54-yard field goal to cap off the scoring for Detroit. So they were scoring, blah, blah, blah. And then in the fourth quarter, the Rams hit a 29-yard field goal. And this made the score 24-23 with the Lions up by one. So there's a chance, you know, like you never know what's going to happen in the final few minutes of the game. Um, but the Lions were able to keep the ball. They got to the two minute warning and then they let the clock run out for the win. So what do you think about that one? That was honestly a crazy game. 24 to 23. Of course, you ne never expected what's going to happen in the final moment. And I honestly thought something was going to happen in probably the final minute or two. But then... Like, once the Lions took the final two knees, I'm like, gosh, thank you. Like, thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> God. But it was really nerve-wracking to watch yeah. that game. Of course, it was so close. I know a lot of Lions fans were rooting for them. Of course, fans across the NFL wanted the Lions to win to kind of break, you know, the routine of not making to um, the playoffs in 32 years mm -hmm. or get their uh, first win. So, of course, it was a great, like, game to watch. But it was honestly very nerve-wracking to see, okay, what's going to happen? Are they going to score? Because honestly, when I was watching that game, I'm like, oh, I feel like something's going to happen since it's a closed game. Right. Something's going to happen in the last couple of minutes that no one's going <laughs> to expect at all. And thankfully, that didn't happen. So who knows what's going to happen for the Lions next game. But it was a very great but nerve-wracking game, though. But it was a very, you know, like, great game. And, you know, mm -hmm. it was a great game for the Lions, though. No, it really wasn't. I just can't imagine, like, that pressure of, like, 32 years of not making it into the playoffs, right? Like, can you imagine, like, the weight on your shoulders just lifted when you actually, like, get there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's nuts. I guess the head coach and the quarterback are like, okay, this is on me. If I don't, if I don't <laughs> yeah. win this game, then I'm going to be disowned by the fans or even to myself. Like, I'm Right, never... and yeah, and you have to give props to the defense, too, because you got to think about that situation. It's a tight game, basically, the whole time. You got to be pretty perfect to make sure that you guys get into the playoffs. Yeah, and obviously the offense, of course, mm -hmm. we're making touchdowns. Of course, like, thankfully, they at least scored 24 points. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, but like, it was a great game for the offense as well, scoring, mm -hmm. trying to score as much as possible. I think the offense did pretty good as well. So, it was a great game overall for the defense and offense as well with the Lions. But, you know, there's still, you know, hopefully they make it a Super Bowl. Just saw a couple <laughs> weeks left, but who knows? Maybe they'll right. make it ritual at the Super Bowl. Exactly. So then moving on, you know, Monday um, on the 15th, the Bills faced the Steelers and the Bucks played the Eagles. 
So both of these games were a little shocking to me, at least. So mm. the Steelers lost to the Bills 31 to 17 um, in a game that, like we talked about earlier, it was actually supposed to be played the game. It was supposed to be played the day before, and they mm. rescheduled it due to this ridiculous winter storm that everyone's been having, right? Yeah, I know, right? But either way, you know, the Steelers lost, which is a little heartbreaking for me. But <laughs> um, Bills quarterback Josh Allen, he threw for three touchdowns with 203 passing yards. Um, the Bills scored two touchdowns in the first quarter, and Pittsburgh didn't score at all, right? Um, in the second quarter, Josh Allen had a 52-yard run as a quarterback for a touchdown because of some very sloppy Steeler defense. I feel like as a quarterback, like, you know, they do run, they're athletic, whatever, but it's pretty rare for a quarterback to run far, especially 52 oh. yards, more than half the field for a touchdown, right? So that just plays into how bad the Steeler defense was. Like, I was surprised when he ran that because, of course, like, we a quarterback running 52 yards. That's very rare to see. Of course, when, right. um, like, that's an offense's job to run the ball and yep. go for a touchdown, not a quarterback job. Like, of course, quarterbacks are callers score touchdowns, but yeah, they don't of course. Really run 52 yards across the whole field. Like, that's very yeah. Where like little like what's going on <laughs> like why is he running like it just shows how serious offense doesn't really know what to do in that situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so then the Steelers after that happened, they answered with a ten-yard touchdown pass from Mason Rudolph to Deontay Johnson. But then in the third quarter, um, both teams hit a field goal. That was it. It was two field goals, one for each team. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, it started out with a touchdown pass from Rudolph to Calvin Austin the third. But with the Bills up 24 to 17 already, there was a slim chance for a Steelers win. And then mm -hmm. the Bills made sure there were zero chances as Khalil Shakir uh, caught a 17-yard touchdown pass from Allen to win 31 to 17. Mm -hmm, which is insane. Like, I knew the Bills were like, okay, we need to knock this game out the door. I know a lot of Steelers right. fans are posting, like, okay, we're going to win this game against the Bills. <laughs> of course, it was rescheduled again extra day. Right. Through. But once the Bills caught that touchdown, you knew the game was over 100%. Like, of course, right. before that touchdown, a lot of fans were like, okay, Steelers got a chance. We still got this game. But once the touchdown was hit, a lot of fans – just shut the game off or like, okay, we're done being Steelers fans. This is just <laughs> But of course, the Eagles lost too. So, you right. know, a real tough day for Pennsylvanians. No, <laughs> literally. It seems lost in the same day, which is, you know, pretty upsetting. Oh, for sure. Um, but this game, you know, for at least Allen became, he became the first quarterback in NFL history to throw three or more touchdown passes while rushing for 70 more yards. Um, 70 or more yards and score so again like that whole 52 yard like touchdown like pretty unheard of obviously if he broke this record right yeah. um but you know I, again like the Steelers they just played inconsistently there were too many mistakes and they just couldn't even compete at that point um mm -hmm. they had missed tackles and turnovers and it actually made up for 14 of the 31 Bills points mm -hmm. and I like of course with the game being pushed back I think of course, like, where the, I forget, were the Bills home or away? I think they're home, right? It was home, yeah. All right, so, like, of course, with the series being away, it takes a lot of time to be like, okay, we're not home. Of course, a lot of Steelers fans were there, but it was a Bills fan base. Of course, the Bills mm -hmm. got more chance the way, but they're at home. They have fan base packing their base. Of course, the Bills fan base is one of 
best fan bases in the NFL. And so with being at the Bill Stadium from having a postponement to a day later, it can damage a lot of, you know, focus or discipline to really play next day after being canceled the day before. So, of course, right. that makes it understandable to not playing as good. But, of course, having home field advantage and being away also has its advantages. But the Steelers' defense has always been a question throughout this year. It wasn't just yeah. in the playoffs, though. Right, exactly. Um, and so then after the Steelers game, you know, we had the final wild card game. Um, it was between the Bucks and the Eagles. And the Bucks crushed the Eagles 32 to 9. Um, and Bucks quarterback Baker Mayfield, who has been on four different teams in two years, might I add, um, he threw for 337 yards with three touchdown passes. So, you know, pretty good there for him. Uh, the Eagles' only points came from a second quarter field goal along with a five yard pass to Dallas Goder from Jalen Hurts. So they just really didn't really do anything offensively. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Bucks defense, they just did not let the Eagles perform. And I don't really have many notes on that game other than the Bucks deserve that win. Oh, they definitely did. I don't really have notes on that game earlier, like, either. But mm -hmm. when watching that game, like, like the Eagles just did not do good at all. Like, you no. knew like, they were going to lose that game. Zeta's doing horrible. Like, when you watch the Bucks play, you're like, okay, well, of course they're not. Tom Brady's not part of the team anymore. Mm -hmm. And so with watching the game, we're like, okay, what is wrong with the Eagles? Of course they won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. But they're not the same as they were when they played the Super Bowl. So when watching that game, it really showed how bad they absolutely looked. I think like they deserve to lose that, that game after yeah. what they No, I agree. And you know, the Bucks, they had 119 rushing yards, they had 337 receiving yards, and their defense had 49 tackles total with three sacks. So how are you gonna go like compete with that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, how can you compete with that? Like even if they won, they would still just lose either way. Like they did yeah, absolutely horrible. Of course, the Bucks deserve it with three tackles, three sacks. Like, you just knew that the Bucks were just doing really well and just knew like you're gonna win this game. Of course, and the Eagles just did not like did not do good at all. And I think speaking from all ES fans, you're like, okay, I give up. Like, yeah. when are we gonna have our chance again? No, exactly. Um, the only thing that I want to mention from that game besides you know Bucks and whatnot. Um, the Eagles center, Jason Kelsey, he did announce his retirement after 13 mm. season with, seasons with Philly. Um, he had a Super Bowl championship, seven Pro Bowl appearances, and he received six first-team All-Pro awards. So, that'll be a big loss for them. Yeah, like, I saw something, like, I think, like, uh, like I saw stuff online, like, that using a podcast with his brother, Travis, who have a podcast together, mm -hmm. and he, he said that he kind of never fully announced it, that he right. said, like, oh, like, I did, I don't know what to do, like, he didn't officially <laughs> say, oh, I'm going to retire, like, this is, like, he didn't say that himself, he just said, like, okay, like, I don't know what to do, like, he didn't feel, feel like, Claim said he did tell the Eagles teammates after the game that he was going to retire, but mm. I guess like that's not how he was playing on doing it, or he doesn't. Oh, know interesting. 
Okay, yeah. Because I saw, like, ESPN had posted it, and so I was just assuming that it was from a credible source, and maybe, like, he just told someone in, like, confidence, and it just got, like, got out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, of course, with ESPN, everything's true when <laughs> ESPN posts. Yeah, of course, right. You're going to believe it when big, like, Bleacher Report or one of those big sports outlets posted. Yeah. So I thought it was believable that once he announced himself on the podcast, I'm like, oh, okay, like, what's going on here? Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I didn't know that. But, um, you know, just for sake of time, let's move on. Um, uh, the divisional round playoff games will begin on January 20th. Um, we will see the Texans and the Ravens in the AFC. And then we will see the Packers and the 49ers in the NFC. And then on the 21st, we'll see the Bucks and the Lions in the NFC and the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC. So then the following week, we have the AFC and NFC championships. So Kylie, what are your picks for the AFC and NFC championship games? Ooh, I personally think the Bucks and Lions are going to probably be going to be in it. Like, okay. Who's in the AFC? I totally so here's, you're fine. So your AFC options are the Texans and the Ravens and the Chiefs and the Bills. Um, Chiefs and Ravens, I think, are going to make it for the AFC. Okay. Okay, Chiefs and Ravens, nice. Um, and then for the NFC, you have the Packers and the 49ers and the Bucks and the Lions. My pick for the NFC is the Bucks and uh the Bucks and the 49ers. Okay. Yeah, Bucks and 49ers. Okay, nice. Um, I have the Ravens and the Bills because I think that the Bills are going to shock everybody and beat the Chiefs. Obviously, who knows, but I don't know. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Um, and then I have the 49ers and the Lions. That's what I think my matchups are going to be. That's a good one, yeah. Who yeah. Knows? We'll see next week and see how it goes. But it's going to be surpri- definitely surprising next week and see who's going to make it to the AFC and NFC. Right. Um, so I know it's a little bit early, but what are your Super Bowl predictions? Definitely, probably Buccaneers and Lions. Um, I'm going with uh, the 49ers and the Ravens. That's what Ooh, I think it's going to be this year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see. You never know. It's football. It's like any sport. I always say you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is all I have this week for Bailey's Bleacher. Kylie, thank you so much for being on the show. It was so great having you on today. Of course, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun to chat with you about sports. It was such an honor. I know we've been trying to do this for a little (laughs) bit, so I'm super happy we got to do this. Perfect. All right, tune in next time, guys, and we'll talk about some more sports.